Happy Easter. Finally. Christ is risen. Oh, my gosh. Indeed, he has risen. Well, so you and I recorded last week our uh-huh. Easter Sunday stuff, but now we're actually in Easter. Now we're actually here. And and we still will be. So that's the beauty mm-hmm. of our of our liturgical seasons, that it's not just mm-hmm. one day. I love it. So not only do we have a whole season, we also have eight days of solid octave of Easter. Yeah. Like, so I just gotta it tell remains you, as, solemnity. Yeah. As much as we do Lent well as Catholics, which I'm not even sure we do Lent that well, um, yeah. we do Easter really well. Boom. Like, I, I think 50 days is a really solid way to say, you know what? Desert is good. But you know what's better than a desert? Like, a banquet feast for 50 days. Yeah. Like, that's, that's epic. You know, um, so anyway, happy Easter to you, man. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. How'd it go? Um, good, good. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show uh, last week, but as you know, I mentioned this to you off the air, but I've been in the south of Spain. Uh, I got to tell you, this has been one of the most blessed Easter's of my life. Hashtag I, blessed. Uh, oh, no, absolutely. I, um, <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a few moments in my life as a Jesuit that have been particularly important for Easter, and this is one of them. I am in the south of Spain, and I was given charge of the Triduum liturgies for a convent of cloistered nuns. That's awesome. Um, oh, my God. Like, it's just the, the, these nuns gave their life to the church and gave their life to God in prayer. And, like, they want to celebrate Easter with the sacraments, obviously. And, like, they need a priest. And there was just no one to care for them. Mm. And I was basically called up from the minors, you know. And I was told, like, go be their priest for a yeah, weekend. Man. That's and awesome. that's what I've been doing. And... I, I, I've been posting my homilies all year, but I didn't post my Triduum ones kind of on purpose. I, little, I regret it a little bit, but I wanted to really just be there for them, you know, um, as much as possible. So I recorded my homily today. But the Triduum itself, just to give you a quick recap, was a real, like, win for me as a priest in my first year. Like, first time go around Triduum, like, to get to do it all without any real help because there was no extra ministers allowed, you know, no deacons, no altar <laughs> servers. So just to do the whole Triduum by myself was a real confirmation of my vocation. Like that's awesome. I've been dreaming. I've been dreaming about this since I was thirteen. You know, like celebrating the Easter Vigil. And you did it. I did. You didn't and set I anything on fire. I, I did not set any. Well, even the things that were supposed to be set on fire <laughs> weren't set on fire because oh. the sisters had a hard time starting the fire. Oh no. Um, yeah, but it worked out fine. And then I sang the Exultate, and I everything just everything came out so beautiful. And anyway, that's it was awesome. wonderful. That's yeah. awesome. Did did you get to partake of the Triduum? I so we did a uh, all school mass on Thursday, mm-hmm. and I preached. And it was great. Nice, nice. And then we did a basically a private. There were three or four people in the congregation for Good Friday, uh, the veneration. Um, and I helped out with that a little bit. Our, we had some serious technical difficulties, so <laughs> there was a, it was streamed, but there was no audio. So. <laughs> Uh, there's uh, that. Soda voce. That's right. Mm. Uh, and then we did not do a vigil. We're not a parish. Um, but we had a Easter Sunday mass this morning. So Nice. And all the nice. Jesuits were there. So it was really, really cool. To, to, and I finally was able to celebrate. Usually I'm there like running the camera. Uh, right. But this time I was finally able to be a priest. Nice. Uh, so it was great. Nice. So you didn't get a chance to go partake of a vigil in a parish somewhere? I didn't, no. This is the first time in a while I've not gone to a vigil. Um, and yeah, I regret it a little bit. It was nice to get to bed a little bit early. 
I'm not going to lie. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, sure, 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 sure. But yeah, it, I, I did miss it. I did miss it. Yeah. I was remembering, just as a sort of just a side note, I was remembering the last time you and I uh, didn't, this is going to sound strange, but the last time you and I together did not go to the vigil. I don't know if you remember this. No. We were we were in St. Louis, the two of us, and you and I were studying philosophy, and you were, I think you were having, like, get a big deadline the Monday of Easter for your uh, big term paper. I think I remember and, this. Yeah. Was I hidden big, away like, in that closet? Yeah. It was like your big <laughs> capstone that was due, like, the Monday after Easter. And so you and I stayed home because you needed some extra help to get feedback and stuff. And so, like, we did, we weren't priests or deacons at the time. And so we stayed home and did, like, a liturgy of the word. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember that. You know, on Easter vigil. Wow, I hadn't thought about that since then, but that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but anyway, uh, I'm glad that you got to bed early, but I got to tell you, man, the Easter Vigil, I feel bad you missed it, bro, because it's, yeah. it's the best thing in the world. Like, yeah. It's so beautiful. Oh, for sure, for sure. I So I, I justified it, as we often do, in my own mind by saying, you know, I went to the Chrism Mass with, at the cathedral, and mm. so I had my dose of big church... <laughs> Etc. Yeah, which is yeah ridiculous, obviously, but sure. You sure. say you say interesting things to yourself. <laughs> yeah, just a really quick side note. Again, just one last thing about the Triduum uh, before jumping into Easter Sunday. I, uh, um, the sisters, the sisters asked me, so Father, uh, how many readings do you want to do for the Easter <laughs> Vigil? And I said, Sister, I think we're doing all of them <laughs> because <laughs> because why not? You know. And yeah. we were talking about it, and I said to them, I said, and I mean this, it's like, how many people did not get a chance to go to the vigil? Mm-hmm. And like, we can. Like, yeah. let's just yeah. pull out all the stops, you know? Go big, for sure. You know, and offer for all those who can't go. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, it really, it, that's a really good point. You know, how often do we cut corners and just go for the minimal? Mm-hmm. Um, we, mm-hmm. we kind of anecdotally talk about it when we mention the shorter option for the readings. But even right. when there are options in the liturgy, um, you know, the, easy, the simplest one is, about half of us will use the, during Lent, there's that optional blessing. About half of us will use it, and about half of oh, us yeah. will omit it. Um, unlike, people can't go to Mass. Shouldn't we, like, spend a little extra time? <laughs> yeah, doing the Mass, like, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, speaking of options, uh, just to tell you really quick about what I preached on this morning, because you didn't, you didn't preach today, did you? I did not. Um. So I, I, there were so many readings and so many homilies between this Sunday and last Sunday that I, I don't really remember what we talked about last week, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I did the unthinkable and I preached on the second reading uh, today um, because it really gave me an insight into the resurrection that I hadn't thought about before. Um, my angle for this week's homily was what St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, because there's an option. Um and he, he talks about leaven in the dough. And I never really realized it, that he speaks of leaven in the dough in this context with the resurrection in mind. Um, whereas in the Gospels, he, like Jesus speaks of leaven in the dough in terms of faith. Mm-hmm. And so I, I talked about how the resurrection as one act in history 2,000 years ago is such a small occurrence, but made all the difference for this lump of dough. You know, and it gave life to... The faith, and it just it gave birth to a new thing, you know. So yeah, I started yeah. talking about how the resurrection is a small event, not by importance, but a small event in terms of like it didn't last very long. It just happened one day, but it changed everything. And so I kind of turned into this whole exhortation of like, 
what difference does the resurrection make in our life as Christians? Like why <laughs> everything that we do matters for nothing if the resurrection of Christ didn't happen. <laughs> you know, if you take the yeast out of the dough, all you're left with is dough. Like it's useless, you know? Um, so anyway, I got in this whole thing exhorting and I, saw, I talked a little bit about how Spain is known to be this Catholic country. And I'm like, what would this country be without the resurrection of Christ? It's like, we wouldn't be Spain. You know, Spain exists as this sort of Catholic icon, but without the resurrection of Christ, all of it is vain, you know? Boom. So anyway. I like it. I like it. Yeah. You know, uh, the homily this morning, it was, he did a really good job. Our president uh, at the school, he's a very good preacher and his, his, he talked a lot about how um, specifically the resurrection, how this event, you know, we talk about it in terms of defeating sin, defeating death. But in our in our own imaginations, you know, we're so indoctrinated in these big blockbuster action movies where uh, winning comes at destruction, at the cost of destruction. Winning comes mm. at the cost of destroying your enemies and coming out on top no matter what. And God yep. does the exact opposite. <laughs> uh, you know, he destroys the temple without actually tearing anything down. Mm. Um, you know, and so there's this really great kind of controversy and it flips it on its head what we think we know about the resurrection and about victory um and really calls each one of us i think and this was his point like if it's true you know what we say about about jesus about the cross about the resurrection um and we still persist in this us versus them mentality then yeah have we really listened (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. This is good. This is very good. This is very good. I, I, I've been thinking about that a little bit with like superhero movies, which have been, you know, big in the, in the movies for, for decades now, um, of how like on social media, after a big blockbuster comes out, everyone wants to compare mm-hmm. superheroes and be like, who would win in a fight between, you know, Superman and Batman or whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, like that hermeneutic, that way of thinking is not the gospel. It's not... Which of these two forces is the strongest? It's it's something more than that, you know. Right. It's about the surrender to to the good, you know, and not having. Yeah. Anyway, I can go into the whole thing about this, but I, <laughs> I think about that a lot recently with how things are always put in this either or one yeah. or zero mindset, you know. Yep. Yep. And I mean, m- more than that, I think that's that's I think a, more of a basic kind of. This is where we begin, but then where does it end up? Well destruction like my only goal is to defeat my enemy and that's a terrible place to be in yeah yeah totally totally cool man well good well i'm glad that we're here and i'm glad that easter has brought us to a new reflection on 50 days of just joy and feasting and i hope that i don't know about you but i'm going to try and maybe make a little bit of an easter commitment um like i did for lent yeah uh, the last 40 days eat more candy um yeah, yeah. I gave up candy, so I'm not going to eat more candy. Yes. Um, hey, so really quick, let's just jump into, uh, we've talked a little bit more this time around about what's happened this past week because it was a trade one, but um, for a little bit, let's at least talk about what's coming up next Sunday with the readings. We have Thomas. Thomas. So, now, yeah. we talk about this, we've talked about this before in the past. Should we even call him by that name? Not Thomas, but Thomas. Doubting Thomas. <laughs> Should we even uh, call him Doubting? Because... Like yeah, again, that's where he doubted at that at that moment, but then he waited, he believed. Yeah, he no, endured. that's a good that's a good right, right. I mean we don't call him denying Peter, you know. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> no, that's that's fair. That's fair. There was an episode of oh, a long time ago now. Uh, if you remember the show Lost, there was an episode where one of the characters pointed out that it's odd that Thomas is remembered for that one moment of doubt when he's also the one who said to Jesus, we will go with you to death. Hmm. Like he's the one who also told Jesus that we will go all the way with you. And we're not remembering him for that courage. We hmm. only remember him for this, for the doubt, you know? Yeah. Um, that's stuck with me for a long time. And I, I appreciate that because you're right. It's not in the text that, and, and then he said to doubting Thomas, like it is. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so like anyway, no, the yeah. thing, I mean, the thing that drives that home for me is, you know, you get, what is it? Halfway through this passage. Now, a week later, his disciples were again and Thomas was with them. So like, right. He's not just saying, yeah, you guys are full of it. And then leaves like, no, man, they see the Lord. He's not there. And he waits <laughs> a whole That's week. Huge. Yeah. 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 No, totally. Totally. I mean, this is a man with great perseverance, you know, mm-hmm. hoping to see the Lord. And there's yeah. a lot of hope there. Well, and um, I think what, um, what we hear in our, in our, uh, epistle today kind of perhaps could help with that. So, and I love this line and I think we, we look over it so often. In this way, we will know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. Yeah. Like yeah. the love of God is this, that we keep his commandments. There, th- This is such an integral part of who we are and, and how we believe that all of a sudden, you know, okay, well, you don't have that thing that's, you know, you don't have the blinking light right in front of you that's keeping your attention for this week, Thomas. But you know his commandments. You know the words that he said, that he has said. Uh, that yeah. is with you. And that'll right. keep you. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Totally. Do you, do you find that, that we, you know, we want to keep like just this feeling good, this, you know, it's in a way it's easier to follow, follow the love of God when like uh, you've, got, you've got the thing right in front of you, you know. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. happens when you're in the desert? Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. And I, I think one way, one of the ways that in at least Jesuit circles, that I think that we talk about this is that do we, are we after consolation or are we after the God who gives us consolation? Right, right. Um, and, and I think that's an important distinction because there can be, there can be an idolatry of the consolation, you know, of the, the feelings of, of rejoicing and the feelings of, of, of movement towards God and all that, like the, the accompanying emotional and whatever spiritual uh, adornments of all that, that accompany God's presence don't necessarily always have to be there, you know, Mm -hmm. and are we after those or are we after the Lord? And I think your point is well taken that we set up a false dichotomy between the love of God and the keeping of his commandments. Like, Oh, Jesus is the God of love, not the God of the law. It's like, there's no disjunction here. Like Jesus is the law. (laughs) Jesus is literally the law. And so like, to your point, there's something really well phrased there, which is sometimes, sometimes all we have to like lean on is the command of Christ to do X and to do Y. Because sometimes I don't really feel like otherwise. You right. Know? Right. You know, and I and I almost hesitate even bringing up that word desert right after on the first Sunday <laughs> after Easter because it's like, wait a second, yeah. we're in. We were just talking about how great it is that we've got this, you know, fifty days of of feasting and of rejoicing. But in a certain sense, I do think that it's appropriate because you know, okay, we have this wonderful day where Jesus has risen. Now what? 
Like, yeah. how do I live my life now that now that this reality has become true, has become not just true, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and <laughs> no, I think no, that's no. why we need to be that's why we need to understand that this this um, disjointing between the law and, and the love of God is is of our own creation. Hey, you know, so hmm, I I was thinking a lot about this on Good Friday. Uh, how how do we as Catholics preach on Good Friday? Like, I think sometimes we preach Good Friday as if we ignore that Sunday is coming. Yeah. Um, like, how do we preach the cross on Good Friday? We try to make it as bleak as possible. <laughs> like, like, like Jesus is dead. Like, he's 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 dead. Like, he's just dead. Um. And it's just it's just not the right way to like that's not the whole message obviously right like it's important to focus on that but I guess there's something interesting about Good Friday where it's like how do you preach Good Friday knowing that this has huge weight yeah. but it's not the full story that there's also the resurrection so how is it that he's living this week as we need to be living Good Friday as a resurrected people so like we like you and I on Friday last week we're living in the resurrection time. Like we're not living in the pre-resurrection time. So like, right. I just wonder if the way that, that Thomas is living this week is one that like we live the cross, but the cross knowing that the resurrection has happened and that others can bear witness to that. Others can bear witness to that to me. And though I may spend a whole week like really suffering, I can still lean on the fact that the community is telling me we have seen the Lord and there's mm-hmm. cause for rejoicing, yeah. you know? Yeah, but I mean, okay, so I, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I do still think that there is value in not necessarily preaching as if the resurrection didn't wasn't a thing. Like, forget about that for now. That's not That's not what I'm trying to say, but like, the cross was a big deal. Like, yeah. the fact that he actually died is what makes the resurrection that much more powerful. Hmm. Uh, and so I think, you know, and in, in defense of some preachers, <laughs> uh, it's important to actually stress that. Like, this isn't just, you know, hmm. uh, a death mask that he put on, but not really. Hmm. Ha ha. It's like, no, man. Right. God died. <laughs> and then rose. <laughs> and then rose. Right. But God died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Now, but I guess my link with Thomas, though, is just in trying to think of this week of despair or this week of yeah. darkness. Like, we don't live that week of despair absent from the reality sure, of the resurrection. Sure. Right. You know, the, like, the resurrected Christ is in the community, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, like, I guess for sure, for sure. this all kind of driving my point with the first reading is that sometimes all I have to lean on is that the community of believers is bearing witness to the resurrection, even if I don't. Well, that's if I can't. that's our first reading, right? That's the beginning of yeah. Acts. The community of believers was of one heart and mind. Like, right. can we really say that these days? Absolutely not. <laughs> we are not of one heart and mind, uh, even you know within the church. Um. Yeah, what do we do with that? Yeah, I. I mean, the reason I like to focus on that first reading is just to say that look, I I can't always feel close to God, but it's helpful to know that the community is close to God too. Like yeah. when you have faith and you experience the resurrection, that helps me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so like Thomas can lean on the faith of his brothers that week, even though he hasn't seen the Lord. Right. Right. Well, and that's faith. 
you know, it's it's right. believing without seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Okay, so really quick, just to summarize, like, give me, give me a, what's your homily next week? Give me a punchline. Oh, man. You know, I think there's something to be said about, maybe, maybe this is the time where we say, okay, Jesus uh, has rose from the dead. He's not ascended yet. uh, So we haven't, we have, we can't, I don't know. Here's what I'm going to say. How is the resurrection lived out in the community? How is the resurrection? How has the resurrection changed the community? Has yeah. it become has it become something that people can rely on, or has it become something that casts people away? Yeah. Hey, actually, you can even be more. Maybe this is my parting thought, but like, you can even be more like on the nose and say, "This is why it's so egregious that we like have like the abuse crisis and all that," because mm. this is precisely the place where people need to trust that they can have an experience of the risen Lord. Yeah. And instead we give them a cross without the resurrection. Boom. Wow. There it is. Yeah, man. Cool, man. On that note. All right, pal. <laughs> On that note. Until next time. See ya. All right, dude. Peace.